On this episode of Owl the Rage, two longtime Kennesaw State coaches receive extensions on their contracts. We've got some updates on last week's discussion about Kennesaw State basketball, and I sit down with my first ever guest on this show, Kennesaw State soccer head coach Benji Walton. Let's get right into it. Last week's episode with a song and I felt like I kind of liked that vibe. If you don't like it, let me know. I'll I'll listen to uh I'll listen to the words of the people. But uh I've been extremely reminiscent this week and I think it's because it's been uh, a tremendous week for me. It all started Saturday at the Atlanta United match. For those of you who don't know, I'm a seasonal worker for Atlanta United this season, uh working in communications. It was a stoppage time winner against Seattle at the end of the match. Sent everyone home happy. Right afterwards, we had a, a going away party for a, his 50th birthday for Mr. Eels taking a new job at Newcastle United. We got to send him off. and It was a karaoke party. I got to stand up and uh, sing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Uh, it felt like a, a troll song was the best way to send out somebody who... Trolled opposing fan bases a lot of times, and uh, very sad to see Mr. Eels go, but can't fault him at all for taking a fantastic position in Newcastle United. Um, huge honor for me to be able to work for someone who really brought a huge culture of soccer in Atlanta, but also someone who worked at Tottenham Hotspur, my favorite soccer club. Uh, it's something I'll never forget, being able to work under Mr. Eels, so I wish him the best of luck in his new venture. And then leading to today, or earlier today, the, re- the day of this recording, which is Wednesday, uh, we got a special tour of the facility at Flowery Branch. My department and me got to visit our communication brothers at the Falcons earlier today. And as soon as I walked through the front, bo- uh, the front doors of Flowery Branch, I looked to my left, and it's Mike Vick doing an interview which is just absolutely surreal. Uh, We got to watch camp, got walked past by Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Marcus Mariota, and I think that's what got me so reminiscent, these two things. They were fantastic reminders of how lucky I am to be working behind the scenes of any sports organization, and I felt just as lucky being behind the scenes at Kennesaw State. I remember that luck, that feeling began very early for me. I I recall a time when I was just an intern and it was Kennesaw State Pro Day and everyone was there to see Bronson Rex Steiner. If you're more familiar with uh, pro wrestling than KSU football, he's now NXT champion Braun Breaker. And this was right when COVID was starting to outbreak. And I remember my boss, Nolan Alexander, looking at me and saying, Mateen, what do you think they're going to do about this COVID-19 thing? 
Everyone was calling coronavirus. And what do you think they're going to do about this coronavirus thing? Are they going to have to cancel some days of school? Uh, little did we know at that time just how serious that was going to get. But depressing things aside, it was my job that day to record numbers of reps or heights of vertical left or how quick a player's 40 was. First thing first was the bench press. I walk into the rate, the weight room as Bronson polishes off what I believe is still a KSU record of 35 reps of 225 pounds. Bronson is reasonably fired up as he was off to be. You know, if you if you knew Bronson, he he could definitely get fired up. Uh, but he gets fired up right as I walk into the room. He punches a door right in front of me. He didn't see me walking in. I, he wasn't being aggressive at all. But he punches the door right in front of me. And he lets out this roar of just absolute dominance of this weight crack that he just inflicted. You know, I'm this little beta of a boy walking into a room full of testosterone and alpha men. And I almost relieved myself, pooped myself right then and there. But... You know, Bronson goes on to run a 4.4840, and all the scouts there are drooling over him. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him in the NFL, but I don't think there's really any hard feelings as he's a much bigger star now in the WWE than he probably would have been in the NFL. So good on him for for fashioning that career for himself. And again, that was really a time where I could feel that you know I'm watching I'm basically living hard knocks or I'm living all or nothing. I'm I'm getting a chance to to live out these documentaries that I've watched over and over again. This is my real life now and it's continued ever since then and I'm so lucky that I get to live that every single day. I, I count my blessings in that fact, in that matter. But enough reminiscing for now. Let's take a look at the news for the day for Kennesaw State. Big news for both volleyball and lacrosse. Head coaches Keith Shunzel and Laura Manis signed contract extensions. Four years for Shunzel and three years for Manis. Now, I can't speak personally too much for Manis, much more than I think that she's earned this extension on merit. She's grown the program immensely since coming in. We'll definitely be covering KSU lacrosse more. When the season comes, still a long way to go in that regard. What I can say about Coach Shunzel's contract extension is that to a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I've had conversations with so many Kennesaw State coaches. And don't get me wrong, they've all been great to me. But no one has struck me with their personality, their respect, their kindness as much as Coach Shunzel has. Coach Shunzel is such a hard thing to say. Coach Shunzel. When all is said and done with his newly signed contract in 2026, Coach will have spent nearly 15 years in Kennesaw. He's the longest serving KSU coach currently with Coach Brian Bohannon a close second by just two months. If you're not counting the shortened COVID season, Shunzel has racked up four straight 20-win seasons. KSU Volleyball never had a 20-win season before Shunzel arrived. And I can't tell you how happy I am not only for Shunzel, but 
all the women that I know love playing for him. I'm also ecstatic for his staff, his wife, Brianna, Garrett, Amy. They're all cut from the very same cloth that Keith is. I posted that sentiment on Twitter about how kind of a person that he is and got reaffirming takes from Coach Amir Abdurrahim and former KSU baseball assistant and current broadcaster Trey Fowler. He's been one of the most consistently successful coaches we've seen at KSU in recent history, and we'll be cheering you on to continue that success, Coach. And the same sentiment goes to Coach Manis. I wish I could talk more about her demeanor and what makes her so successful as a coach, but I've never really had the opportunity to have a conversation with Coach Manis. But here's some many more years for both of those magnificent coaches. Next up, we have some updates to our discussion from last week about the starting fives for both basketball squads. Number one, Coach Octavia Blue and the women's basketball team has announced another signing, and that is Italian Laura Tofali. The KSU graphic has her listed as five foot nine. I've seen her mostly listed on other sources as five foot seven. Uh, not to say that she couldn't have grown in that time. These are mostly from 2020 and 2019 that I'm getting these statistics. Mostly plays as a number two, a shooting guard. The first import to the KSU basketball team since the Owls had Samina Avram and, of course, fellow Italian Carlotta Giannola. I wouldn't say anything about her statistics stand out. She seems to be a shoot-first player. Hasn't racked up many assists, but more so points. Uh, on her stat line, but let me talk about why I think that this is a fantastic signing. This is not someone who has just been playing high school ball for the last four years. She's played in European championships against you know, some of the best players in her age range for three years, but she's also played for Costa Maznaga in the Serie A1, the top tier of Italian women's basketball. That means that she's been playing against grown women, and that's something that is extremely appealing to me, is extremely rare, and should be extremely appealing to fans of the black and gold. We talked last week about how the number two spot for Coach Octavia Blue was going to be one of a lot of competition, and the competition grows stronger for the shooting guard position with the addition of Tofali. Josh A. Whitfield, Carly Hooks, Lindsey Wilby, I think it's fantastic for the squad to foster this competition. And I think Coach Blue knows just how beneficial fostering that competition is to the squad. So very interesting development there. Another update here, I got a response from new friend of the podcast, John DiCarlo. He's a faculty member of Temple University, but also covers their athletics thoroughly. He's a great writer. I've read some of his articles, but... I reached out to him last week before last week's episode about how new KSU guard Quincy Ademakoya, a transfer from Temple, basically a scouting report for him, anything that he could say about his game because it was difficult to find things about it, honestly. And he got back to me with plenty of information about one of the newest KSU owls. I'll read his email. I'll quote it. He begins, I think Quincy could benefit from a change of scenery and from transferring. Temple staff was pretty high on him coming out of high school, and I know some ACC programs were trying to get him to reclassify and told him he'd get more high major offers if he spent one more year in high school. 
So I think Temple thought it was getting a pretty good player at the time. Quincy can shoot, and if he becomes consistent with it, he could definitely become a solid perimeter scorer there. I think he just needs to work on getting stronger, defending better, and becoming a better ball handler. I don't think anyone is expecting him to become a ball-dominant guard, but there were a few times where I felt where he tried to make a move to the rim and just lose the ball or not seem confident in his handle when he did. He played in 13 games this season and started 6 down the stretch when Temple had some injuries to players like Jeremiah Williams. He had a career and season high of 15 points in an overtime loss at Tulane where he hit some threes early, but he lived and died by the three in that game and went 5 of 13 from beyond the arc and scored all of his points there. Now, mind you, this is just me interluding for a second. Living and dying by the three, this is something that we've seen in the A-Sun a lot. This is a big part of the conference's game, if you will. Back to Mr. DiCarlo's email. Also, I would imagine that as Aaron McKee continued to reshape the roster here, and as players like Khalif Battle, Damian Dunn, Jalil White, Zach Hicks, and Heiser Miller really started to flourish and grab minutes, Quincy probably saw that there weren't going to be many minutes available to him. I did not interview him or talk to him after he transferred, so these are just my impressions of things. Some great insight there from Mr. DiCarlo, which I'm so grateful for. Special shout out to him at owlscoop.com, where he covers all things Temple Sports. Given that scouting report, I think we could probably see Quincy in for Brandon Stroud when Coach Amir needs a bucket. But knowing Coach Amir, I think he's going to work the kid and expand his skill set as well. It looks like he was a huge prospect in high school. And I think he's going to be keen to recapture that form I'm excited to see how he acclimates to Coach Amir's system and to the Convocation Center. So keep your eyes peeled for that in November. And that brings us to our feature of the day. And that's my very first guest of Owl the Rage. He's a man that I worked closely with in the last soccer season. It's none other than head coach of Kennesaw State Soccer, Benji Walton. Let's hear what he had to say. Making history today, the first guest on Owl the Rage ever is head coach of Kennesaw State Soccer, Benji Walton. Coach, first of all, good to see you. How you doing? Early days of preseason. How's it been so far? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been a decent start. Um, our, our players have come in very motivated. Um, we got a big group of new players who are equally motivated and, um, you know, can't complain. They're They're out there growing and learning and um, battling and you know it's uh, it's fun to get back at it. I mentioned on the first episode of the show that the way that the squad is composed right now it feels like it could be the strongest in my time covering the team. It feels like there's so much to be excited about. You're retaining a lot of your strongest personnel. You're bringing in a lot of new interesting personnel in as well. How do you think this squad stacks up against squads from seasons past of your tenor? Oh, we certainly like our team. I mean, um, I think we are definitely putting together a competitive group that's going to go out there and battle. Um, we have, you know, a wealth of experience combined with a lot of new young players who are eager, who come from great club backgrounds and, and who are eager to get out there and, and get after it. And so, yeah, I think we're, you know, right there with teams of years past. And, you know, it's a matter of, you know, the chemistry coming together and, you know, every team is a different um, group and a different 
and I have different strengths, different weaknesses, and different chemistry. And and this group, I think one thing that, that sets us apart is this group has really come in um, really unified. We had a large, I think about 80% of the team came here, was here over the summer and they were together and they were left in with them and our strength coach and playing together and picking, playing pickup when they could um, and just getting to know each other. And I think it's shown they, they're already kind of a tight bond better than I've seen in the past. So if anything, I think we're definitely even with a lot of teams we've had in the past, but I think this group has got some special going uh, um, that can't be faked uh, with, with how they've kind of connected. I completely agree. And that's why I'm so excited for the season to get here, but perhaps the biggest departure from that squad from last year comes from the graduation of Dylan Pixton. You have AJ Needham who has some experience playing in your system. You've brought in a grad transfer in Kaylee Hammer those are probably the top two to battle it out for that spot. But have you already made a decision of who will take that spot? Will it be shared? Will those two battle it out to see who's going to start to, for the remainder of the season? How's that going to work for you? Well, we actually have four keepers. Uh, we're in. We have two very talented freshmen, Alana Bly from South Carolina, from Duncan, South Carolina. And we have Charlie Bernal, who's from Roswell, Georgia, um, competing really well with both Kaylee and A.J., um, so it's a great – it might be the strongest group of keepers we've had in a really long time as far as a group of them. Um, there's certainly a lot of talent there. And, uh, you know, I love what they're doing. All four of them bring something to the table. So it's going to be fun to kind of see how they continue to grow and see who kind of uh, steps in and, um, you know, takes a starting job initially. But I think it's going to be a competitive group, and it really could go – any direction and we're not really at a place where we're ready to name anybody uh, a quote unquote starter. Um, we're, we're, we're happy where they're at. We're happy where they're growing and we look forward to seeing how it comes together. But I think we're confident with any of those guys if we had to go that direction. I don't think any player in the history of the program has accrued as much renown before even playing or setting foot in fifth third bank stadium as Kiara Singarella has what does her game add to your team for those who haven't seen her play? Well, Kiara, she she brings just a, a giant love for the, for the game of football. And I'm going to call it football because she's from Argentina. And that's what they refer to it as. Um, she just brings passion. She brings enthusiasm for the game. She brings a – she leads by example in how she is constantly working at a craft. And, uh, you know, down there is life. Up here, U.S., it's just different cultures, and um, she is certainly a lot of fun, and I think she's growing a lot being around the American game. So it's uh, it's a good mix, and, you know, uh, we're excited to have her along with all of our new newcomers. It's really been kind of fun to see, you know, the uh, the change in, um, in, in what everybody brings to the table. It's not, you know, I think we've had a pretty veteran group for the past few years, and we still have that, but we have, you know, a third of the team is new. So it should be a lot of fun. I think the fans and me have a good grasp of what the recruitment process locally looks like. And you've done a great job of recruiting locally for your whole time here. But how does the recruiting process differ with a player like Kiara or a player like Agatha Gianni and the rest of the squad? Uh, well, you know, it sure, certainly, you know, international is going to be different from a domestic player. Um, but as far as our approach with recruiting these guys, it's all about relationships. Um, our team is about the individual and the person they are first before you get into soccer. 
And so, you know, in recruiting any of our players, whether they're, you know, from Italy, you know, like Agata or from Argentina, like Chiara, or if they're from, you know, up the street in Kennesaw or, you know, Washington State or wherever, we want to get to know the player. We want to get to talk to them. And it's important. And, and obviously there's different obstacles when they're across the, the globe. But, you know, the big thing is for them to know who I am, know who my staff is, know who our players and our culture is like. And um, that takes time. That's something you can – and that's not something you can fake. You have to really – dive into that and and communicate that and show showcase that the best you can from afar zoom has certainly made that easier over the years but you know it's it's uh and you gotta understand where they come from and what their culture is and what their goals are and what their experiences are and um every every place from a different part of the globe brings a different perspective so it's it's unique for sure but i think the the you know foundation is based on the relationships that we try to establish and now, Coach, we'll take a look at the season to come for the team. You know, the ASUN Conference adds Austin P and Queens to its lineup of teams. What do you think those programs add to the ASUN? Well, you know, it's more comp competition. I mean, there's now we're at the 14 or 13 teams, I think, this year, maybe 14. I uh, lose count uh, with how many we've added and how many have dropped out and that kind of thing. But Certainly some new competition, some new faces, some some hungry teams that want to establish themselves in a new conference. Um, so it's another wrinkle to a developing and growing um, ASUN conference. Um, can't take anyone lightly. I mean, Bellarmine came from D2 to D1 and had, had some very good success in their first year. So did uh, North Alabama when they made the, the transition over. So, you know, Queens, who had a tremendous amount of success at D2, is going to just in my opinion, do the same exact thing, if not better. Um, Austin P has been D1 for quite some time in a great area. Um, they've had success over the years at times, and they're going to come in hungry. So it just continues to add a new wrinkle to the conference, and it's not the same old, same old. There's not a, a blue blood or anything like that within our conference. It's a lot of new faces over the past four years. And, um, you know, the main thing is you've got to be ready for the obstacle in front of you that day, whoever that may be, and you can't shortchange anybody i mean you can go especially in the sport of soccer um i think that's one sport as much as any that you know strategy can can be a can cause problems execution can cause problems and so you've got to be ready for everybody i think the most entertaining player of yours to watch last season for me was macy rainwater she was such an electric player dynamic tenacious and she always has a personality every time i've talked to her what is working with her like, and what are you looking for out of her in her sophomore year? Oh, well, Macy is, she's a, an outstanding lady. Um, she brings a lot of energy. I don't think I've ever caught her, you know, quiet, caught her tired. I mean, I'm sure she has been, but she just doesn't, you know, show that. She's very energetic. She brings a lot of love to the game, to be honest with you, love to our team. I mean, I think everyone... I don't think she's ever met a person that she would call a stranger. Um, and that's infectious. And that's, that brings a lot of energy to her, her teammates. And, and certainly on the field, she's just a player who's confident, um, probably beyond her years in fairness. And she just goes out there and, and tries to create and tries to contribute and tries to battle. And, you know, some days that's just her energy and some days it's scoring goals and some days it's, you know, creating opportunities and really I'm not looking for anything other than Macy being Macy. You know, we want to obviously continue to challenge her um, 
like we would anybody on the team. But, you know, she she does a lot of great, great things for us. We're going to continue to just uh, ask her for her best effort like I would anybody else and looking forward to seeing what she does and what role she takes. And, you know, she got hot last year at the end of the season. If that happens again, I, I'm not complaining. But uh, if she's out there creating and contributing and helping our team grow, then uh, I look forward to seeing that as well. So it should be a lot of fun. She's a fun kid, and um, certainly we love having her. I think Macy's someone who could grow into a great leader. Speaking of which, you have lots of strong leaders in the team. Like it feels like Haley Decker could be kind of like almost your defensive captain like you would have in football. She leads your back line. Kendall Higgs is kind of the lead by example on the pitch. If you could put the armband around one player and name a de facto captain, who would it be? Well, we do captains a little bit different. Um, for us, it's going to be who's, who is the player leading us that week. Um, we have a leadership committee, and we have players from every class, including freshmen, on that committee. And uh, they meet with us coaches, you know, once a week, and we discuss things that are going on with the team. So we get a perspective from every class because a, a perspective from a six-year player like Kendall Higgs will be way different than a first-year player like a, a freshman. So for us, we don't we don't do captains in the traditional sense where we pick and put one on them. There's so many leaders on our team that we want to make sure that perspectives are given. You know, going into a game, we, we pick who, who's that player that's, that's been showing it in, in training that week, and that's the person um, that we often go to. And sometimes it's the same player every week. Sometimes, you know, Kendall Higgs has certainly worn the band um, often. Aaron Miller has certainly worn the band often. Becky Contreras has won the band often, but we've had other players who've stepped up and and we want, you know, who is carrying the game plan, who's carrying the torch and um, so that we can make sure that we have the right message coming across and our players are are more interested in the team and not interested in just, um, you know, the title. So we're 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 uh, thrilled with our leaders, all of our leaders, and they bring so many things to the table. You mentioned Haley Decker. She leads by example. She's not going to be the most vocal player in the world, but the kid just constantly comes prepared and, you know, ready to step in. She's played so many roles for us over the course of her career and will probably continue to do so. And she does it the best she can and um, not afraid to ask questions. And that's leadership there, right there in and of itself. So there's quite a few players that wear that hat from time to time in different ways. And I uh, look forward to, you know, seeing each week how our, our players step up and, and lead their team in the time of need. So last question for me, coach, I think you and me both know just what the team is capable of and how exciting of a season this could be for the Owls. Talk to the fans of the black and gold real quick. Why should they be flocking to Fifth Third Bank Stadium this season to watch Kennesaw State soccer play? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we have an exciting group. Uh, we have a young group from all over the place. We cover the entire United States from West Coast to East Coast. And now we're covering, you know, three continents as well. So Come out and you'll see an exciting team that's not afraid of competition. We have a heck of a schedule. I believe we have four to five um, NCAA tournament teams that were on the schedule last year uh, coming or that were playing on the road at home. But, uh, you know, we've got Georgia at home. We've got South Alabama at home, two very challenging teams, uh, not to mention the in-state rivals, Georgia State and Georgia Southern, all on our home pitch. And so that brings a lot of fanfare and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, bragging rights to the table. And, uh, you know, we have our hands full for sure, but, you know, you are going to see a dedicated group that's going to fight for every second, and it's a lot of fun. So the louder it can be, the more people in the stands, even if you happen to be not wearing the colors we want, come out. 
come and support, get loud for, for your team. And it's just a fun place to play. It's a fun um, environment to be a part of. And, you know, we welcome the support we can get. I can't wait for it, Coach. The Kennesaw State soccer season starts next week, and I can't wait for it. Coach, thank you so much for joining me and becoming the first guest on Owl the Rage this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, team. Was honored that Coach Walton took the time to talk to me about the upcoming season and his squad. The Owls have a preseason exhibition tomorrow, being Friday, August 12th, against Ole Miss. Probably won't see much about that online, but the season officially starts next Thursday, August 18th against South Alabama at 6 p.m. at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, opening the season at home. Make sure not to miss it either at the bank or tune into ESPN+. Plus. I will be on the call for that one, and it'll be fun to see what the squad brings in its first match of the season. In the meantime, thank you so much again for listening to Owl the Rage. That's all I've got. We'll see you next time.